0: Welcome to Mofo Perspectives, a podcast by Morris and Forster where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts
1: and lawyers. Welcome to Mofo's ESG Pathways podcast series. I'm Marcia Ellis, Global Chair of Mofo's Private Equity Group. In 2022, we surveyed 100 Asia headquartered fund general partners with AUM of more than 1 billion US dollars. To gain their insights on how ESG considerations are impacting their investments and in the market, our survey shows that diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI, is gaining traction. With 88% of funds communicating DEI policy internally, however, only 33% have made a financial commitment to DEI, and only 50% say they are committed to diverse representation among their leaders. In this podcast. Shireen Tang, managing partner of Mofo's Singapore office, and Angelique Johansson, chief talent officer of PAG, explore the maze of DEI opportunities and challenges that Asia-headquartered funds are navigating, and discuss how PAG has turned DEI policy into action.
2: Diversity, equity, and inclusion are very much on many GPs' agendas, but they execute on these initiatives to varying extents. Today, we are going to explore some opportunities and challenges for Asia based funds in how they tackle DEI. I'm very pleased to introduce our guest speaker, Anjali Johansson, who is a partner and the Chief Talent Officer at PAG. Angeli, perhaps we can start with what DEI means for PAG in Asia.
0: Thank you for having me today. So, DEI. I believe is an evolving conversation in Asia. I think on diversity, we can draw parallels from other parts of the world. It is about gender diversity. It's about diversity in educational experiences and work experiences. And I believe that's how most firms are approaching it. But importantly, it's also about what does equity and inclusion mean? And what does that look like in the workplace?
2: And so what are some of the main challenges that Asia-based funds are facing around DE&I now?
0: I think there are a couple of challenges. One of the challenges is that there just are not enough women in senior management roles. So how do we think about attracting, retaining and developing women so that they stay in the workforce and can be in leadership roles. We've all seen data around how having more women on boards or on senior leadership positions increases performance. So I think that remains a challenge. I think another critical challenge for firms is actually understanding the importance of DE&I and measuring the impact. So what are firms doing around DE&I? How are they measuring it? And do employees understand why it's important? And I think Related to that is it's not just about diversity. It is about equity. It's about inclusion and understanding what those mean.
2: And so on that note, what are some of the things that PAG has done that other GPs might be able to draw from?
0: So I think to start off with, I think one of the key things that all firms should do is define what diversity, equity, and inclusion means at that firm. So for PAG, we have defined what it means. And we put together a working group to come up with ideas to really draw out what each of these words would mean at PAG. We consulted with our CEO, with the management team to ensure that there was alignment on that area. We used external experts in helping us think about these areas. For example, we consulted with the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer at one of our portfolio companies who really is the expert to say, well, what does it mean? How do we apply this to Asia? And we came up with a definition. We then held a firm-wide town hall, which was introduced by our CEO what was great was he explained these concepts in his own words. He didn't repeat the definitions we'd come up with. And we had a Q&A, which was chaired by myself and another partner at the firm with a chief diversity, equity and inclusion officer. And we had just a dialogue. What does it mean? Why should we care? How do you answer questions about it? And we think that that is a key part of what all firms really should aspire to do, because you have to educate your employees and colleagues on why it's important, what does it mean, and why are we having this dialogue? So I think that is a key first step. So we were very excited that we were able to do that. And the feedback was really great because it was a practical conversation. It was a Q&A. It was not about pushing any kind of agenda. So that's one of the things we did. So I think firms should define what does means. and i mean. And then we talked a little bit about education. For example, one of the things we're looking at as a follow-up to our town hall is unconscious bias training. And we plan to roll that out in 2023. That will be mandatory for all employees. We want to get some connectivity out of it so it will be done in smaller groups so people will have the chance to have an interactive experience to understand what are my biases. And I think that that is also a key parts of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that's something we'll be looking at. We plan to roll out other trainings related to this and there's many topics we can cover, but I do think after you educate, you then have to give people the tools that they can use in their everyday work and life to improve the DEI landscape overall.
2: That sounds great, Anjali. Can you share in a bit more detail
0: some of the specific initiatives at PAG? I'd like to talk a little bit about what we've done on gender diversification. So, our women's initiative was founded in 2019. Look, there's always been a focus on bringing the best people for each role, but we really wanted to focus on gender diversification. And so we've been committed to seeing women for every role that we hire for, for multiple years now. So in order to keep women at the firm, you first have to bring women into the firm. So we've been doing that for multiple years and ultimately we hire the best candidate for the role, but you have to be seeing women for each of the role. So we've done that for a couple of years. We launched our women's initiative and the idea was to have an offsite to bring the women together at the firm and say, what's working? What isn't working? What can we do better? What support do you need? Unfortunately, COVID then hit and we were not able to physically get together. However, we are actually getting together in the spring of 2023. So the women's offsite will go ahead, albeit three years later. In our offices, we've been very thoughtful about women. So for example, we have in all of our new offices, a dedicated nursing room for women. This isn't a makeshift meeting room. It's a dedicated nursing room with a sink, a refrigerator, a couch, a television, and importantly, a window, not in some dark closet corner. So I think that sends a very strong message that we want you to be able to have that balance and to have that privacy. And it's important that we make the workplace comfortable for women as well. We've done quite a lot in that area and we're pretty excited about it. While we've made strides in the areas of women's initiative, I think it's really important as a firm that we apply these to different groups. And that is one of the key things we'll be looking at for 2023. What are some of the other groups that we want to set up? And it's important that we have champions for these different areas, where it's an evolving conversation of how we think about it. But that is a key part of the inclusivity because we have done something in the area of gender diversification but there's many other areas you could look at. There is working parents. There's also an entire community that don't have children. So how do you set up a comfortable space for everybody to be who they are, to be authentic and to feel included? So we'll be looking at and working with different people around the firm to set up what is broadly known as affinity groups. And that is a huge initiative for 2023 for us.
2: So much of what you've said about your thinking around women's initiatives and DE&I more generally in Asia really resonates with me and with our firm in terms of what we've tried to do. So thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that PAG engages employees in defining what DE&I means to them. Can you elaborate a bit on that? How do you engage, for example, with
0: your colleagues at PAG on this front? What we've been discussing is doing a DE&I survey. How do people feel now that we've run a town hall? How do people think we're doing against diversity, equity and inclusion? And I think it's okay to have that survey early because it is a journey. So we actually want to send out that definition, ask people, do they agree? I think it's going to be very specific questions. Do they feel included? Do they feel that this is an environment where they're comfortable to speak up and confident that they'll be heard? We're planning on launching a pretty detailed diversity, equity, and inclusion survey, and it will be anonymous, again, so people are comfortable voicing their opinion, so we can get a sense of where we are, and that will also inform some of the additional priorities for next year. Because we want to educate, I think it's important we also understand what employees and colleagues want to see, what they want more of. So we plan to do that in the first half of next year, and I think it's a good tool for firms to consider doing that as well.
2: Anjali, thank you so much for sharing what PAG has been doing and how forward thinking you've been both trying to frame and then executing on your DEI initiatives, including the women's initiatives, but so much more broadly in a way that seems to have been very tailored
0: for Asia and its many different markets. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. It's a journey. We're excited to be on the journey and we look forward to continuing.
1: We hope this short podcast has given you some insights into DEI and how funds like PAG are tackling turning policy into action. The MOFO Global Team is here to help you with all aspects of your ESG journey, including advice, training, and insights. Contact us at ESG at MOFO.com. To learn more about the MOFO ESG Asia Funds report, To take our online survey, which helps GPs benchmark their progress on their ESG journeys, or to listen to more editions of our ESG Pathways podcast series, visit our dedicated page on mofo.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, That's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.